Yo, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the Shark City Podcast for Sunday, April 3rd, uh, 2022. The Sharks are 7th in the Pacific Division with a 29-31-8 record for a total of 66 points in the standings after 68 games. There are 14 games remaining, and the Sharks have lost three straight games in a row. Before we get into that, I just want to ask, how's everyone's weekend? How's everyone's weekend been? How y'all doing out there? <laughs> All right, I guess I can't delay too long. We got to get into this. Um, for myself, just on a quick side sidebar here, um, I actually was enjoying WrestleMania this weekend. I'm not going to lie. Um, come from a family where we enjoy sports entertainment, and this was the big show this whole weekend, WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday. So that kind of, um, you know, lifted the spirits considering – the previous three Sharks games, which we're going to have to get into eventually. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> uh, just so you, straight out the bat, just want to let you, want you all know, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube, Instagram Live, Facebook, or Twitch, drop a comment in the section anytime interact, and, uh, you know, be part of the show. All right, so let's get the, uh, let's get the puck dropped here. Uh, so, the... F- First game since restrictions have been lifted at Shark Tank featured 14,021 fans in attendance for Sharks versus Dallas. Uh, nothing like showing up to a game on a Saturday night and watching four goals scored in 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Sharks had valiant effort in giving the crowd their money's worth, but ultimately lost the game in the first period against the Dallas Stars. Uh, unlike the two... Uh, previous games where the Sharks allowed three goals in the third period for both the Arizona Coyotes and Colorado Avalanche. Um, it was actually the Sharks' last game in Glendale. Arizona um, Coyotes are moving to Tempe, so they're going to play at ASU, Arizona State University. They have a new hockey rink, and it's going to be shared with the pro NHL club. And honestly, uh, while we're on that topic, I think there's a valuable lesson for Sharks fans with the whole Coyotes breakup with, uh, you know, the city of Glendale. Uh, So the Guardian reported that, you know, outside of attendance issues that the club has been suffering for a long time, uh, the off ice, uh, off the ice, the things have been getting a little worse for the Coyotes. And um, as a rule of thumb, even in taxpayer subsidized private public ventures, which is another way of saying like the arena, right? Uh, taxpayers seldom know the true state of any pro team's finances, and uh, teams have every reason to plead poverty, having to negotiate a CBA every few years with the players' union. Uh, they want to maximize leverage when negotiating lease terms with a city or county, and often it's in a business interest to keep profits, which are taxable, as minimal on paper as possible. So that was the Guardian reporting on some of the issues that the Coyotes we're kind of going through with the city of Glendale. And I think this story with the Coyotes is like a trailer teaser for us in Sharks territory who are aware of the Sharks' um, publicly known concerns with their building, the tank, and the uh, surrounding city projects. So I think this is definitely something to pay close attention to because, I mean, first of all, I think that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. That'd be like if the Sharks went back to the Cow Palace, right? Like you're going from a venue that was specifically built for a pro level club. And then you go into like, you know, a college level venue. So 
I mean, either that's going to be one of the best college venue ice hockey rinks in the nation, or maybe it's just, you know, one step uh, towards the inevitable relocation. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. If that does ever occur, Arizona leaving, or the Coyotes leaving Arizona, uh, I think long gone will the drinking games of Desert Dogs. That will be a long gone game. So hopefully they stick around. All right. Enough of that. Um, and I'll, honestly, if the Arizona Coyotes can play ASU, in my personal opinion, perhaps the Sharks can play at the CUDA, their new barn. Uh, if the owners follow through on the supposedly proposed Madison Square Garden type of um, renovation for the Shark Tank, I think that would be an awesome place to see the Sharks play temporarily. Um, I was just driving by it the other day. It was it was pretty nice. It kind of brought back um, a vibe like the Cow Palace and then seeing that fresh fresh paint of till on the exterior was um you know it was it was it was a sight for sore eyes so to speak but yeah uh, back to the point i think the newly dubbed tech ceu arena would probably make it feel like um a little nostalgic bring a vibe kind of feel like you're attending a game at the cow palace if the sharks were ever to play a game in there i highly doubt that would ever occur you know but we all could dream um because, you know, in two seasons, we're going to see where this all goes down with everything going on in the city and everything going on around downtown San Jose and the whole, you know, year-to-year lease going to effect in 2024. You know, um, in two more years, we'll see what happens with the Sharks and hopefully they don't find themselves in a similar situations like the Arizona Coyotes. And, um... Yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Uh, moving on. Transactions since we last got together to talk Sharks hockey. Uh, Mario Ferraro was activated from the injured reserve. So Super Mario is back in the lineup. Uh, Bog Bruner said he wasn't exactly 100%. And you could tell in his speed in the post-game uh, press conference. Um, Nikolai Knizov inks a deal with the Sharks. It was one year worth 850000 um, so obviously no contract signing this season will be as big as Tomas hurdles, uh, you know, but the sharks are continuing to spend to the cap as they lock up the supporting roles for their core players. And um, that's something I want to get into because, you know, previous podcasts, we were speaking about how the sharks are essentially letting the fan base know like who their core players are going to be. Everyone with the eight by eights, right? So you got couture now hurdle Carlson, uh, yeah, Burns and Vlasic in the mix, and we'll see what goes on with Timo Meyer. Um, so, essentially, um, we are you know being told these are our core players; these are the guys we're going to build around. And the Kansas City Star actually released this piece, and I thought it was kind of intriguing um, because you know it's pretty it's pretty true. But essentially, what they uh, shared is that the Sharks have an aging core that is entering regressive years uh, so i thought i'd share this with these sharks you know sharks fans out there just to see what you all think you know um have your own take and opinion on it after you receive this information but pretty much they focus on age uh being that couture is going to be 34 years old reimer who undoubtedly is the starting goaltender for the sharks will be 35 center nick benino who expressed wanting to have his contract extended and stay in san jose will be uh, 34 as well. Brett Burns will be 38. Mark Edward Vlasic is going to be 36. And Carlson will be 32. So, in other words, they are 
in a period of their career what they call the regressive phase and you know to get to the whole you know long story short of it is the Kansas City Star is suggesting this is not a recipe to make gains in the Pacific Division so <laughs> i mean you know what it's kind of funny i personally don't i'm, I'm one of those where you know i don't want to talk about ageism cuz that's what it kind of sounds like to me Seems like, you know, a hit piece on ageism. I'm just kidding. But um, in all honesty, like, yeah, it is kind of concerning to see that this core isn't getting any younger. And, um, you know, essentially the Sharks are going to have to depend on the likes of Ozzy Weisblatt, Thomas Bordalo, Willem Eklund. And they're going to need to depend on them sooner than later. And I just know that, you know, in the previous uh, broadcast, they're suggesting that you know, um, the Sharks had the right intentions and they made the right moves by sending these players um, that we had a contract with back into, like, development, essentially. Or, you know, kind of, like, waiting to, like, groom them and, you know, kind of, like, build up their, you know, hockey IQ or whatever it is, their skills that, that they are not, like, um, at NHL level, right? Whatever they're not NHL ready in, go back into the leagues and, you know... um get your game all on point and then be in the big leagues. I understand that, but you know, when these guys are having these seasons where some of them are getting injured, we'll get into that in a minute, but Ozzy Weisblatt's out. Uh, Eklund, obviously he was hurt earlier this year. He recovered. Thank goodness. But the point I'm trying to say is, you know, these guys are essentially, you know, like they're, you know, okay, not Weisblatt. He's having a great year, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, long story short is, you know, these guys are going out there and they're getting this experience that's supposed to develop them into NHL uh, caliber players. But in my opinion, I feel like, you know, they could do that with these veteran core players, all these guys in their 30s. You know what I'm saying? Um, So long story short, I guess, is I understand the notion of trying to send players into the farm or development leagues and bring them up, you know. A rite of passage, for lack of better terms, you know, do what you gotta do to get you know your game on point, etc. All the cliches, right? But if we if we continue to prolong, if if this if we don't have these guys in the lineup next season, and my bad, I'm kind of getting a little um all over the place here, and I'm trying to bring it all together. But essentially, uh, what I feel is, you know, the season's over. The season's over. Okay, the season is over. I'm going to say it loud and clear. The season is over, and everything that you'll hear from any other like um coverage of sharks is going to be how you know the the young guys are going to get puff pieces and um you know cuz they're pretty much you know ads for next season right um you you know you try to get the, the fans to invest into next season so you got to showcase the younger talent um also you know you got to get these guys ready for next season who may be filling these roster spots that could be available after the off season um anyways but back to the point um, if, if for some reason, you know, the Sharks, as we mentioned last podcast, if they keep Bob Boogner and they run the same system and they continue to like keep away their best talented, even though they're young, even though they're not of, you know, they're not bulky. They may, they may not make pass the eye test when it comes to the size. Cause I know, you know, they were talking about Eklund needs to like kind of beef it up a little bit. But long story short is, you know, if these guys continue to, like, play in these developmental leagues, then 
then they're being robbed of the NHL experience. They're being robbed of playing with these guys, Couture, Carlson, Burns. We'll put some respect on Vlasic's name, okay? But, you know, um, Hurdle, of course. But they're losing the time, valuable time that they could be playing with these guys while these, while those core players I just mentioned are kind of at the tail end. They're at the peak of their prime. You know, so we've heard it. You know, you've, you'll hear a bunch of opinions on on these moves, you know, being for like, you know, developmental purposes. But, you know, when we have our prospects playing in these leagues and they are either having outstanding years or they're tanking with other teams, it's like, why don't they just have an outstanding year or tank with, with us? I know it sounds so like ridiculous saying it like that, but what I'm trying to say is like, what was the point of having Eklund overseas if he was going to be with the. And I mean no disrespect, you know, like a garbage team, much like the Sharks have kind of been, you know, inconsistent this season, when he, he could have done that with us and got all the NHL experience. Sure, he could have been targeted. Sure, he could have had, um, you know, people, you know, like, you know, um, like intentionally trying to, you know, um, you know, um, play, you know, physical. I'm not trying to say intentionally injured because that sounds just malicious, but, you know, I'm trying to try and get at uh, yeah, he could have encountered that. But he's going to encounter that everywhere he's at, right? Any league he plays in. I mean, the guy's William Eklund, and I feel like he should have been a shark all season long. And that's going to be my soapbox. And thank you for uh, staying along uh, that long ride. But yeah, it's just frustrating. It's extremely frustrating as a Sharks fan to be um, to have it be suggested that you know all these moves have nothing to do with like you know a better a better business deal for the Sharks, right? It's like, you know, by, by sending them overseas, it works out for us in terms of the contract. And then, um, yeah, I digress. Uh, or else we could get entangled in that web. But you know what? I guess I'm a little loose today because now it's safe to say what we've kind of been saying on this podcast, um, you know, all season long. Now I'm, I'm starting to hear it out there where um, even some of the uh, podcasts that the Sharks distribute, you know, their hosts are just liberally expressing their frustrations and um it's kind of like hey you know um congratulations like <laughs> welcome to the club okay enough of that like narcissistic sounding uh, sounding type of um of podcast talk here let's move on uh the bar was lowered for timo meyer uh for those of you who caught it, Randy Hahn had mentioned that he wanted to see Timo get to that like elite level status of player and reach 40 goals. And then um, more more recently, the broadcast, now everyone's talking about, oh, let's see if he can get 35. Um, I don't know why you'd lower the bar for Timo Meyer. Maybe in, in case, you know, like moments like these past couple of games where, you know, um, Sharks aren't going to show up then you're not kind of setting them up to, you know, seem like he didn't achieve said status. I guess that's the only reason for it. But I think, you know, I think, um, you know, they should have stood consistent with that. I don't, I don't see lowering it by five goals to, to be like, um, I know maybe playing is safe, but it, it kind of takes away some of that, uh, that status, right? The status that would have came with achieving that number. Of 40. So I don't know why they're, they, you know, they're aiming for 35 now, but I thought that was kind of weird. I just wanted to point that out um, as we get into <laughs> my bad, until we get into Capo Kakinen. Oh man, 
my apologies. I just realized that this whole entire like segment one after the other is kind of like just one one party pooping cloud. And you know, it's not my fault. It's just what Sharks hockey's been lately, right? Uh Capital Kakadin goes zero and three as a Sharks goaltender. Um for those of you who've been paying attention, he's been losing consistently for a lot longer than before he showed up with the Sharks. He's on a cold streak, to say the least. Uh, in his three games, he's allowed 12 goals. He's faced um, 100 shots, made 88 saves. So his save percentage in the three games is .880, um, averaging five goals a game. Five goals against so it's not looking good for the newly acquired goaltender, Capo Kakinen. And uh, that's a shame. It really is. It's a shame that he's not getting the victories. Um, can't really speak so much about what happened with Dallas. Uh, four goals in 20 minutes. I mean, it is what it is. Like, you're going you're gonna to be benched. But uh, the other two contests, he kind of deserved a little bit more. Um, if you like look into it, if you really want to be like one of those like stat junkies and you want to look into it, like a lot of these shots are obviously high danger as they call it. Uh, you let a couple of middle danger. It sounds so, I don't know. I don't know why it just doesn't roll off the tongue with me very well, but essentially like, um, you know, the guy's given up a lot of goals, but he's also being put in situations where he hasn't really been put in all season. And that's like the shots against department. Uh, his first two games with the Sharks, he's faced 40-plus shots. 40-plus shots. Now, I'm not an NHL-caliber goaltender, okay? I've played, like, beer league, all right? And I know the stress that comes along with having to be the person in the crease that a whole new squad is leaning on, right? Like, you don't know how they play. You don't know how they defend. You don't know what to expect sometimes. You're just, you know, lacing it up and, you know, you hope for the best. And again, I'm talking now on my element here because I'm not an NHL caliber goaltender, okay? I'm just simply speaking of, like, pure sportsmanship. So I kind of feel for Kakadin, okay? He shows up San Jose and the guys, you know, they're getting him worked. He's getting worked, okay? 40 shots against um, at Edmonton. 46 against the Avs. I mean, and I think by the time Dallas and, you know, Joe Pavelski and the boys had their way with him at the tank on Saturday night, you know, that was just, you know, that was it. Like, anyways, so what does it all mean for everyone out there? What does it all mean? It doesn't mean, it doesn't really mean anything at all. All right. What it simply means, honestly, it's just more reinforcement that James Reimer is the undisputed starting goaltender for the Sousey Sharks. He's the undisputed number one goalie for the Sharks going into next season. So, um, you know, before everyone starts to talk about, you know, was it worth mids or, you know, um, maybe be like, this isn't what we were expecting. You know, just relax. Okay. Let's let him find his game with San Jose and let's let him, um, you know, get an opportunity to play a game where the guys around him also are showing up, right? Anyways, 
Uh, so, you know, speaking of stars, we can't go much further without talking about Joe Pavelski. And that's it. Now we can continue. Just kidding. I'm not a big Pavelski fan. I'll admit it. I'm not a big Pavelski fan. Um, not because I don't appreciate what he's done uh, for San Jose. When he was a shark, he was an amazing guy. He's still a great, amazing player. I just, you know, I'm one of those players where it's like, excuse me, player, excuse me. I'm one of those fans where it's like the player made their choice to go, and that's how I feel about it. The first time he came back to San Jose, yay, tearjerker, you know, hoorah, etc. But the guy's been back like a couple of times already. So all I'm going to say is this. You know, how many tribute videos are we going to give this guy? They couldn't even find one for Kane. Okay, that's it. I digress. Uh, prospects getting roughed up. Okay. Ozzy Weisblatt, he missed eight games prior to injury. But essentially, the um, the Salzy Sharks decided he needs to come back to San Jose. And... Um, I believe it's a upper body injury and long story short is, you know, he's kind of getting hurt on the regular. He's missed 17 games since the holidays. So I'm assuming, you know, past couple of months and um, crazy enough though, you know, even though he's missed games, he has 10 goals and 41 points in 43 games that he's played this year. See, that's what I'm talking about, man. Like why isn't Weisblatt playing with the Sharks? Like, if he can make that happen, if he can make that happen for the, I don't even want to say his name of his team, because I'm a Niner fan, I'll say it, but for the Raiders. <laughs> Anyways, um, then, then, you know, why why couldn't he do that with the Sharks? Especially when, you know, if you put him in the mix with, like, you know, guys like Hurdle and Meyer. But anyways, whatever. Speaking of Hurdle, uh, Hurdle passed Owen Nolan for 10th most games played as a San Jose Shark. Uh, so if you're joining us a little late, just want to, you know, say what's going on to everybody out there on uh, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, this is the Shark City Podcast. I'm Aaron James. And we are just kind of reviewing the past couple of games of Sharks Hockey and speaking about some of the reports out there. Um, so hopefully you're catching up. And right now we're going to talk about Tomas Hurdle and the pretty much the records he's chasing for Owen Nolan. So he just surpassed Owen Nolan. Now he owns 10th. He's ranked 10th overall in the most games played as a San Jose Shark. And um, he's pretty much chasing Nolan like in every other category from that. Um, so for those of you who are wondering, uh, obviously number one is Patrick Marlowe. All right, he played 1,607 games as a Shark. Uh, right, right under him is Vlasic at 1,147. Um, Thornton is three. He's the third most games played at 11.04. And then it's the previous captain and the current captain. Pavelski at four and Logan Couture ranked at five. Um, so Pavelski has 963 games with the Sharks. Couture is 8.31 and continuing. Obviously, same goes for uh, Vlasic, as I mentioned earlier, and Burns at sixth with 7.84. Uh, we might as well just keep going down the list so we hit hurdle. Mike Ratchy. actually seen that guy one time uh, downtown in a bar. That's a whole other story. 
back in the day when we had uh, Tory Mitchell and Steve Prenier. Those guys are interesting. Anyways, um, Scott Hannon at 8, Justin Braun at 9, and then Tomas Hurdle now surpassing Owen Nolan at 10th overall. 571-plus games. So um, congrats to Hurdle. Kind of cool that he's starting to break all these uh, records from, like, you know, legendary Sharks players like Nolan. Obviously, he's been breaking records for a minute, but uh, after having the eight-year deal, it's kind of nice to see to see him, you know, continue to climb on what will probably be, you know, if there was a second mount. Uh, well, you know, we want to say that. Let's get into uh, the other stuff he's chasing here. So for goals, he's chasing Nolan Nolan on goals as well. Uh, Olin Nolan is ranked fifth overall in the franchise with 206 career goals. Obviously, number one is Marlowe, 522. Uh, so right behind uh, Nolan at number six is Hurdle. He has 177, and obviously that's going to continue to build over the next eight years. Uh, in the assist department as well, Hurdle is chasing Nolan. So Nolan is ranked fifth, or excuse me, um, Nolan is ranked seventh overall with uh 245 assists obviously legendary jumbo joe thornton has the record 804 uh, but right underneath nolan at number eight is hurdle 203 assists and obviously still climbing um so yeah i mean without without being said it's the same on points nolan has 451 points as a shark and hurdle 380 and continuing uh, so Nolan is ranked sixth overall in points for Sharks franchise history. And Tomas at this moment is number seven. So it's going to be pretty cool tracking Tomas hurdle. And, you know, he's pretty much chasing Nolan at this point when it comes to records with the sounds of Sharks. Uh, speaking of the records, we just mentioned Jumbo Joe. So Jumbo Joe Thornton is playoff bound. So if, um, if you know, some of you out there in Sharks territory like to follow a substitute team through the Stanley Cup playoffs when the Sharks don't make it. Man, this is going to be the third time. The third year in a row. Anyways, I I do not want to see a fourth. So, but um, back to the point. If you're one of those fans out there that like to follow another team throughout the playoffs, well, the big cat, Joe Thornton, and the Florida Panthers clinched a playoff berth with a win over Buffalo earlier today. So congrats to Jumbo Joe Thornton and the Florida Panthers. You know what I'm saying? Um, they are one of the they are one of the heavy favorites to go the distance this year, and uh, you know Jumbo Joe Thornton deserves it. Definitely does. And yeah. You know, for the most part, I think that's pretty much all we have to really cover since the last time we got together just a few days ago. Um, I was a little flustered and all over the place. My bad. I kind of tend to get that way when I'm having a um, passionate discussion about my sharks. Um, really wish that the uh, youth was infused already, but we all kind of we all kind of already knew what we had to gear up and what we're getting ourselves into this season, right? Like it's unspoken, but you know it's it's obvious, and that's what the next uh, few weeks are going to be like. The next uh, fourteen plus games this month, the Sharks are celebrating us, the fans. Um, you could find tickets pretty um, affordable, especially at this point. 
And um, if you want to know a good spot to get them, even last minute and like sometimes even under 10 bucks, uh, there's a link on our webpage, sharkcityhockey.com. And um, yeah, you know, maybe check out one of the last couple of games. Uh, we mentioned this a couple of episodes ago too, but the last game of the season is in Seattle. So if you had to have a chance to travel up north and uh, see the new whole, uh, the new 32nd franchise, you know, up close and personal. Yeah, if you haven't got to see them in person, I think that would be a great road trip, honestly. I think I might take that trip. I don't, I'm not too sure yet. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's all I got to say for this uh, Sunday night. Thank you, everyone again for you know uh, spending your evening with me to talk sharks hockey um didn't see much dropped into the comment section this this time which is fine you know um, i have no feelings over here <laughs> just kidding uh, but no seriously um if you all want to interact cool and if you all want to put your message you know get your voice on this podcast we have a speak pipe it's um our podcast messaging service so feel free to, you know, send your messages on anything, anything about Sounds of Sharks. And, you know, we will, uh, you know, we'll plug you on the show, so to speak. You know, we'll uh, get your voice out there. So the rest of the fans in Sharks territory who are listening, you know, we all we all kind of vibe and, you know, all chime in on this, you know, get each other's uh, own personal takes out there. Anyways, like I always say, you know, the most important voice in Sharks territory is yours. And that's all I got for this evening. Thank you guys once again. I am Aaron James, and you've been joining me for the Shark City Podcast. We'll probably get together later on this week, probably midweek. And uh, don't forget to turn on live notifications, especially on Instagram. Uh, you never know when we're going to go for the show. Uh, I just go with the flow. There is definitely no um, set time or schedule. And, uh, yeah, thank you all once again. I am Aaron James, and you've been listening to the Shark City Podcast. As always, we're going to end the show with Let's Go Sharks.